Hey, and welcome to the Crosspoint Podcast. Let's get into this week's message from Pastor Michael Tadlock, and may it bring healing, hope, and ultimately, transformation. 2 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 19, For the Lord brought Judah low because of Ahaz, king of Israel, for he made Judah naked and transgressed sore against the Lord. I want to read it one more time. For the Lord brought Judah low because of Ahaz, king of Israel, for he made Judah naked and transgressed sore against the Lord. I want you to move with me to chapter 29, verse 6. For our fathers have trespassed and done that, that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord our God, and have forsaken him, and turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord, and turned their backs. And they have shut up the doors of the porch, and put out the lamps, and have not burned incense nor offered burnt offerings in the holy place unto the God of Israel. And wherefore, the wrath of the Lord was upon Judah and Jerusalem, and he hath delivered them to trouble, to astonishment, and to hissing, as you see with your eyes. For lo, our fathers have fallen by the sword, and our sons and our daughters and our wives are in captivity for this. I want you to notice two verses, if you would, this morning. Verse 19. For the Lord brought Judah low because of Ahaz, king of Israel. For he made Judah naked and transgressed sore against the Lord. Now go with me to verse number 8. Wherefore the wrath of the Lord was upon Judah and Jerusalem, and he hath delivered them to trouble. Chapter 29, verse 8. Wherefore the wrath of the Lord was upon Judah and Jerusalem, and he hath delivered them to trouble and to astonishment and to hissing as you see with your eyes. I want you to look at the first word trouble in verse 8. That word trouble in the Hebrew actually means horror or fear. Astonishment was waste. Hissing was mockery. But I want to focus in, if we can, on verse 19 of chapter 28 where he said that Ahaz made Judah naked. And in verse number 9, he delivered them, the Lord delivered them to trouble or fear. He gave them over to fear. So this morning for just a little while, probably not too long today, I want to come to you on this thought, naked and afraid. Naked and afraid. I assure you today, this will not be an illustrated sermon. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. I want to talk to you for just a little while about it. Naked and afraid. I want you to, (laughs) I can't even ask you to ask your neighbor nothing on that title. Amen. We're going to move on. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for being with us. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the anointing that makes the difference. Lord, I just ask you right now to come with that anointing that helps us, that anointing that empowers us, gives us strength. Lord, I yield all I am to you in this moment, and I ask you to take over. Use me right here, right now, for your glory and honor. Lord, open ears to hear, hearts to receive, and Lord, we will give you praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I want you to high-five two or three folks and tell them I'm dressed in faith. I'm dressed in faith. I love this account here. Thank you. I love this account here of King Ahaz and Hezekiah. The tale of two kings. Two kings with very different lives, very different hearts, but yet they were family. Ahaz, the Bible tells us, was an evil king. In chapter 28, I want you to look there with me. I'm 
not going to be able to take time to read it all, so just hear me. He was an evil king, and he was given to idol worship. And in verse number one, it says that he did that he did not that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Verse two shows us that he actually he he lived and he led in the ways of the kings of Israel, and that is a reference to Jeroboam. Jeroboam was an evil king, and in verse three. We find that Ahaz also, he worshiped idol gods in the valley of Hinnom. In that same verse, it shows us that he sacrificed his children to the idol gods, not only his children, but the children of Israel, the, the children literally of the people of Israel. In verse number four, it shows that he sacrificed and he burned incense to Baal and the Ashtaroth. He burnt these sacrifices in the high places, and the Bible says on every hill and under every green tree, which other places calls the groves, which was referenced to Ashtaroth. As we reference back this king, and y'all just bear with me this morning, okay? Just love me through this, if you will. As we reference back to 2 Kings chapter 16, we find that there the same story and account is expounded on. It's there in chapter 16, verses 10 through 18, that King Ahaz went and visited the king of Assyria. And after visiting the king of Assyria, he beheld them worshiping all these idol gods. And he saw an altar there that he really liked how it looked. And he sent word back along with plans to the high priest the, named Urijah. And he said, I, I want you, Uriah, to make this altar after the pattern of what I've seen from the king of Assyria in Damascus. The interesting thing about Uriah, just stay with me now, his very name means flame of Jehovah. His name actually implied that he was a man of God, that he was a man of, of the true light, a man on fire, if you would. But yet he was corrupted and he was persuaded by an evil king. In verse 15, the Bible shows us that King Ahaz more or less began to establish his own religion. He departed from the ways of Moses and the, the commandments of God in that book of Exodus and Leviticus. In the pattern that God had laid out in the wilderness tabernacle, and he began to establish his own religion and said, the people will sacrifice at this altar and I alone will sacrifice at the great altar. In verses 17 and 18 of that chapter of 2 Kings chapter 16, we find that Ahaz began to destroy the very furniture of the temple. He took the furniture and cut, would cut the feet off of them and break them in pieces and literally brought destruction unto the very vessels of the temple. Back in 2 Chronicles chapter 28 and verses 19, we find that King Ahaz caused Judah to sin. He brought them to a place of transgression. And we find that they were found in a state of being low and naked. In a place literally of depression and oppression, bound by fear in their lives, and they were naked. In other words, they were stripped of praise. They were stripped of their purpose, and ultimately they were stripped of the presence of God. In verse 21 through 25, we see where Ahaz continued to turn to the idol gods of Damascus, so much so that verse 23, and maybe you've heard this phrase used before, and it came here from the King James Version of your Bible, where it says in verse 23 that the gods, the idol gods of Damascus were the ruin of him. You want to see somebody that is ruined in life, you will find ultimately when you get down to the very nitty gritty of their heart and their life and their soul, you'll find that somewhere they gave themselves over to sin and the idol gods of this world. I know nobody wants to hear that preached, but it's the truth today. And the reality is this, you th may think that you're hiding your sin, 
But understand the words of the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 6. He said, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, what? That shall he also reap. Ahaz was consumed by his sin and by the very sin of his own life. He poured it out in front of the children of Israel until the whole land became given unto idolatry. So bad so that Ahaz shut the door of the house of the Lord. And he continued to build altars to all these idol gods. When he would get a little stressed out, he would get deeper and deeper into idolatry. He would come to the place where he would, he would, he would build another altar and he would get deeper into idolatry. And it became the ways of all the children of Israel throughout all of Judah. You see today the influence of an evil leader. The influence of a corrupt person in your life. The old saying is absolute corruption corrupts absolutely. You see today, and I, the Lord will help me. Here we are living in 2022. The reality is we're living in a wicked and evil world. Reality today is this earth is God's creation, but the system of the world is the works of the hands of Satan. We're not wrestling today against flesh and blood, but Paul said in the book of Ephesians, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. That's the word of God. We are wrestling against evil. In the book of Proverbs chapter number 30, I want you to go there with me if you would briefly. I want you to look at what Solomon said in verse 11. He said, there is a generation that curses their father and does not bless their mother. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and that is not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation, oh how lofty are their eyes and their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth are his swords and their jaw teeth is knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. What is he saying there? This is what he's saying. He's saying there's a generation that does not know how to give honor to where honor is due. There is a generation that in their own eyes they think they're pure before God, but yet they're filthy on the inside. There is a generation that is filled with pride and arrogance and a haughty spirit. And how many of you know the Bible says that pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before what? You show me a man that's filled with pride, arrogance, a haughty spirit, and I'll show you a man whose days are numbered that will soon find himself or herself in a place of destruction because of pride. In verse 14 it says, Solomon said there's a generation whose teeth are as swords. In other words, men, a generation that would be there, that it is all about themselves, selfish. It's all about consuming others for their own good, consuming others for their own sake. We live in that society today. It is a dog-eat-dog world. It is a world that somebody will walk all over you just to get on top and to be the number one. We live in a day and in an age that this world is all about being pleasure seeking it's all about me and mine it's all about me 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 that's the day and the hour that we live in the apostle Paul said in chapter 3 of 2nd Timothy in verse 1 he said this know also that in the last days perilous dangerous times shall come for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. He said they'd be unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. You see, the problem is that that's a description today of the world. But the reality is this, that there are many churches that look just like that. 
Help me, Lord. You see, if we, if we really look at the comparison to Ahaz and Hezekiah, Ahaz should have been a man of integrity. Ahaz should have fallen in the ways of David. He should have followed in the ways of the one who had a heart after the Lord. But somehow Ahaz got off track and he was such an evil king that he even sacrificed his children. You see today, we're living in a day and in an hour that the church has quit preaching the truth with anointing. The church has quit being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of God. How many churches are spread throughout this community even today who barely have enough folks attending it to pay the electric bill? How many pulpits are being filled today with preachers who don't live what they preach? With preachers that it's all about how many rear ends are in the seats and how many dollars are in the offering plate. And I can preach about preachers today because I am one. How many preachers are in the pulpit today and filling pastoral offices today that are hirelings and not shepherds? That would, they could carry, as long as you're paying your tithes, they ain't going to say nothing to you. Live how you want. They ain't going to preach against sin because they don't want to upset you high-paying tithe folks. Oh, and they won't preach against sin. They won't preach against the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. They won't preach against pornography. They won't preach against alcohol. They won't preach against drugs. They won't preach against premarital sex. They won't preach against adultery. They won't preach against swinging. They won't preach against sin. Why? Because they don't want to upset anybody. But can I tell you today that the time has come that judgment must begin and it must begin at the house of God that we God's people will stand up in holiness and in righteousness. The church has been found naked and afraid. Not enough power of God in many houses of worship to set anybody free. Not enough power of God in, any, in most houses of worship for anybody that's bound by depression to find deliverance, bound by oppression to find freedom. God, help us that we don't slide into the mold of the church today. I'm not talking about the true church. I'm not talking about the true bride of Christ. But I'm talking about this shaken, baked religious mess that has filled our country today. And it's become more of social club gatherings than it is a worship service. It's become more of a popularity contest than it is a group of people that truly love God and love each other. Many of them face the test. Let somebody walk in that doesn't look like them, act like them, talk like them, dress like them, smell like them and they'll, those folks will be, those people will be shunned. That church, they'll, they'll shun those that come in that may look like they hadn't had a bath in a month of Sundays they won't we got folks coming here today that have attended other churches and literally went a month before anybody spoke to them can I tell you all that is is a bunch of religious folks that are just content with a form and a fashion that are content with religion and are content with having some edifice somewhere some place with a name on it it's that kind of place that people say well if you want to get elected to office you got to go here. It's that kind of place. It's if you want to be somebody in the community, you gotta go here. Can I tell you something? I'm good and fine with it. If they say, listen, if you go to Cross Point, you might not get elected to office because that preacher's gonna preach against the alcohol amendment. That preacher's gonna preach against homosexuality. He's gonna make a stand against sin. I'm not saying we're elite certainly not exclusive but I am saying I know what this ministry machine is all about and Ahaz slipped into the place that he, he went so far into it 
that he was, became so religious that he became e an evil king. God help us as individuals that we don't allow religion to get in our spirits because there are folks that read the Bible every day, but they don't live it. There are people that pray every day, but they're praying the wrong prayers. Are you hearing me? I, I'm amazed sometimes of folks saying, Pastor, will you help me pray about this or pray about that? And there's times I can't pray like people are asking me to pray because they're praying for things, first of all, that is not God's will according to this word and doesn't make sense according to this word. You can be a praying person, but not be surrendered unto God. You can memorize scripture all day long and still be living like the devil do you know what you've become you've become a religious individual and you have fallen asleep in your walk with God see I told you Wednesday night and last Sunday the one word I felt God saying that we needed to echo across this pulpit when we were sounding the alarm is awakening we need an awakening in the house of God again I said we need an awakening in the house of God again we're living living in dark times. We're living in evil times. But God is looking for a people that will stand in righteousness and stand in holiness and stand when nobody else is standing. Though none go with me, still I will follow the world behind me, the cross before me. By the grace of God, I will serve the Lord. God help you. If you're coming to church, whether it's this one or another one, you go up in that place and lift your hands and worship, and then you live like the devil the rest of the week. You know what that's called? Hypocrite. How dare Ahaz kneel at the altar of the Lord and at the altar of idols at the same time. Jesus said no man can what? No man can serve two masters. James said a double-minded man is what? Unstable in what? All of his ways. Pastor, I don't know why I'm up and I'm down. And I'm up and I'm down. I got joy. I don't have joy. I'm up and I'm down. Maybe you need to look and make sure that you're not kneeling at the altar of this world. I'm going to tell you something. We need an awakening again in the house of God where mamas and daddies are teaching their children how to have faith in the Lord, how to read the word of God, and how to pray. Oh, I, I, I see mamas and daddies that are committed to their children, but they're committed in the wrong ways. Oh, I've seen mamas and daddies through the years. Boy, they just know little Johnny's going to get a scholarship when he's when he's in the 12th grade. Oh, he's not but seven years old now, but whoa, man, he's talented. And they'll start taking little Johnny on these travel ball trips, keeping him out. I know nobody's going to amen me here, but I'm going to preach it anyway. Keeping him out of church for weeks and weeks at a time. And the years go by, and little Johnny turns 13 years old, and now he's a teenager. And now he's starting to get interested in girls and now he's starting to look at things he shouldn't look at and be involved in things he shouldn't be involved in and mom and daddy wants to put the brakes on and say oh well we got to get back in church but can I tell you oftentimes it's too late it's too late I pray to the Lord oh that it won't be too late for those that are in these type of situations but I've seen it before that they drag Johnny to church and he doesn't want to have anything to do with it he doesn't want to go to youth service Service. He doesn't want to go to church. Why? Because mom and daddy have driven down his throat. We ain't got to go to church on Sunday. We ain't got to worship the Lord. You get over there and practice that baseball, boy. You get, you're going to get a scholarship when you're in 12th grade. I'd rather my children flip burgers at a fast food joint and, and make it to heaven than me push them in a direction that causes them to not be committed in their service unto the Lord. Now, I know nobody... There's parents that are going to stand before God with the blood of their children on their hands because parents didn't say one word that should be said. You know what it is? No. 
No, you're not going to do that. I had one of our parents not too many weeks ago call me and say, I don't even, maybe he wasn't, didn't call me for this reason, but we ended up getting on and saying, Pastor, this is what I'm dealing with. This is, this is what's going on. And I, I just want you to know, he was making this hard stand, really hard, hard stand. And I was so proud of him that he was making that stand and waiting to see how it was going to turn out. But listen to me, parents. It's important that you understand that if you're not careful, you can be living the life of an Ahaz and sacrificing your children on the altars of the idols of this world. It's time we have an awakening in the house of God again where parents march up in their homes and they throw away videos and they throw away books and they throw away magazines and they go through their children's phones and say, don't you be looking at this. Don't you be watching that. No, you're not going. You're coming to church. But I want to spend the night with selling so mama and and I'll come on Sunday. No, you're not. Sunday morning is church and you know it is. And it's not a question of if we're going. It's what time are we leaving? I'm not going to sacrifice my children on the altars of this world. We need an awakening. You see, Ahaz died, and when he died, his son Hezekiah became the king. There's so much more I wanted to say there, but I'm going to move on for the sake of time. (laughs) You see, this was Hezekiah's take on the condition of the land. In chapter 29, verse 6 through 8, he says that we're in trouble. He says, our fathers have trespassed. Our ancestors have sinned and turned their back on God. See, parents, you better live your life in a way that your children don't pay for your sin. Do you hear me? That your children don't have to fight the devils that you fought. Live your life in a way, and and this is not just for, for, for those that have children. This is for everybody in this place. Live your life in a way that those that are close to you and around you are not having to fight the devils that you have fought. Listen, uh, there, there comes a point that you've got to make up your mind that it will not be like it was. I may have had to go through this, but I, my children will not. I, I'm just going to preach to parents for a minute. My babies will not go through this. Are you hearing me? There comes a time that somebody has got to roll their sleeves up and say, not in the name of Jesus. I know the devil's after my children, but not in the name of Jesus. All that may be standing between them and hell may be a Holy Ghost-filled mama or a Holy Ghost-filled daddy or a Holy Ghost-filled grandma or grandpa or aunt or uncle. It's time somebody steps up and says, my babies will not go through what I went through which stops right here in the name of Jesus. Hezekiah. Come on musicians. Hezekiah, his take on the land. Our ancestors have sinned. Turn their back on God. He said the very doors of the Lord's house were shut. There was no access, no entry. And I'm going to tell you how we must receive that is that represents the presence of the Lord. How many folks are surviving on a move of God you received months ago, years ago, 
See, the devil wants to shut the doors of the house of the Lord. He said that the lamps have been put out. There's no revelation. There's no, no light. There's no truth. There's no life, only darkness and death. He said there's no incense burning any longer. There's no sweet-smelling incense of prayer. He said there's no more sacrifices. There's no worship. He said Judah had become a horrible, wasted mockery. Destruction and bondage had come to the land. The fathers had died and the wives and the sons and the daughters had been taken into captivity. That's what Hezekiah's take was. You know today, I can't preach this to you like I felt it. I pray the Holy Ghost to drive it home in your spirit. Because if you're playing games with the Lord, you need to get it under the blood. When you were in the world, you were all in in the world, wasn't you? Why would anyone think that God would allow anything else than you to be all in with Him? There's no straddling the fence. Where the Marty Mears, a preacher from years gone by, going on to be with the Lord, he said there's a plumb line in God. Either plumb in or you plumb out. See, what God's doing in you is real. And there's a high that he'll give us in the Holy Spirit greater than anything we've ever experienced. Won't he? But if you find yourself kind of teeter-tottering around the edge and I'm going to serve God a little bit on Sunday and Wednesday but I'm going to hold on to these things of the world Monday through Friday. Can I tell you something? That the enemy will pull you right back into that place of bondage. Hezekiah began to make a call. Said, we're in trouble, guys. See, I don't want us, the strength of this ministry is not about us collectively. It is about us individually. It's who we are as individuals. It's the life that you're living in your home. It's the decisions that you're making through the week. And the reality is you cannot hide anything from God. He sees it all. He knows you're rising. He knows you're laying down. He knows your thoughts. He knows the intents of your heart. He sees it all. And I said last week, That if you're touching this ministry with filthy hands, you need to take a step back and get things right. Because that will do nothing but hinder what God desires to do in this place. Imagine what Cross Point Church will be when it's filled, 100% filled with folks that are hungrier than they've ever been in their life. We don't want church as usual. We don't want tradition. We don't want religion. We don't want legalism. We're not in here to have schisms and divisions. It's not an us for and no more. We welcome those to come in here that don't look like us and act like us and talk like us and dress like us and smell like us. We want those that look like they had a fight with the tackle box and the tackle box won. They're pierced all in there because I'm going to tell you what it is. 
Peters. That's those that are hurting and dying and on their way to hell. But I, I want you to know today that there's those that need a place they can go where there's people that will genuinely love them, that will tell them the truth. And yes, the truth hurts sometimes, but if you'll get the truth given to you, you'll know the truth, and the truth shall what? Make you free. surprise me for the electricity just to go off and I'm just going to keep preaching so don't let it scare you Hezekiah said listen come here Levites those of you that have been commissioned to carry the presence of God come here I need the Levites bring me the Levites this was Ahaz's son do you know that Hezekiah had a godly mama. Her name was Abijah. And a godly grandpa whose name was Zechariah. And Abijah, her name means worshiper of Jehovah. And Zechariah's name means Jehovah remembers. And somewhere in the midst of all that was evil in the day, Hezekiah was hearing mama say, this isn't how it's supposed to be, Hezekiah. We're supposed to be worshipers of the Lord. I know you're seeing all the evil that is going on. I know even your daddy is leading those who are astray. And he's even doing things that are such debauchery. I know that's happening. But listen, Hezekiah, you've got to worship the Lord. He's the one true God, Hezekiah. Not Baal, not Ashtoreth, but Jehovah. He's the one true God. It's kind of like us in 2022. Here we are where it seems like nobody in this nation even knows what the truth is anymore. They can't even call a lie a lie. It's misinformation. That's the, we even make a, a council or or a t- I don't even know what you call it on misinformation. You ought to call it a, the lie force. We're going to say if something's a lie, it's a lie. Let me break it down for you. If it's not the truth, it's a lie. We're living in a cancel culture day. This past week we got a message we thought was from Facebook. And Facebook basically was saying, I can't remember exactly, but along the lines of your 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 broadcast, whatever it was, your post violates our community standards or whatever. First of all, let me tell you something. Facebook doesn't have any standards in my opinion. And the reality is this, the only reason, only reason we still have a Facebook page is because that's, some of you ain't going to like this, because that's where the world is hanging out. And so we want to send the messages out. And that's why we've got a Facebook page. But listen, and we've got a private one ourselves. I'm not trying to make anybody feel like I'm calling you worldly and ungodly. And if you're getting on there acting like the devil, then you are worldly and ungodly. But what I am saying is this. I look for the day that Facebook will say we're not putting your preaching on Facebook, that YouTube wants to cancel us because we're preaching against sin. But let me tell you something. I refuse to be about the days of King King Ahaz. My mind is made up that we will be like a Hezekiah that will cause sin sin. That there will be a call in this place to turn back to God. And if Facebook cancels us and YouTube cancels us and Instagram quits, quits gramming us we still have a website crosspointpdl.org and we still have a part listen to me I'm going to tell you straight up I'm not about being a popular preacher. I, I, I'm not about having my name in lights. I, I'm, I'm not about uh, having, uh, you know, everybody in all the southeast want to come to sit down and hear me to preach because God didn't call me to be that. But he called me to pastor you. And he called me to tell you the truth. And I'm here to tell you today that we need an awakening in the house of God. We need an awakening in our house. We need a, You need an awakening in your house. We need a stirring in our lives. 
I don't know why, but I am going to say this. There are some that are filling the pulpit today. God never called them. Because there's not a lick of anointing on them. Pastor, that's pretty judgmental. Well, back in the day, they didn't pass out credentials. You know what they did? The elders, the elder ministers came together and somebody got up there and preached. And if they felt the anointing of the Holy Ghost, they, they would say, yep, you're called to preach. But we're living in a day and an hour that the cemetery, I mean the seminaries have kicked out a bunch of preachers that got a little bit of book knowledge about them, but they ain't got a lick of anointing of the Holy Ghost. And all it becomes is a religious mess. It's a dead preacher producing a dead church. And people try to bring their kids on Easter Sunday home, man, I hope they'll get saved. And they get in there and they fall asleep. I ain't never going back to that church again. See, that's why the truth is this. And some would say, well, that ain't right, preacher. I just hear you saying it. That ain't right, preacher. But can I tell you the reality is this. It does matter where you go to church. I refuse to pastor a dead church. You ought to refuse to attend a dead church. Because if there's ever been a day and there's ever been an hour that we need a moving of the Holy Ghost, it is right now. If there's ever been a day that we need an awakening, it is this day and hour that we live in. Zechariah called to the Levites and said, Be not negligent. My sons, be not negligent. He said, We're going to open the doors back up. But you got to sanctify yourself, Levites. We're going to worship. We're going to turn back to God. the children of Israel were naked stripped of praise stripped of their purpose stripped of God's presence how many are in that same place today you didn't open your mouth to sing the first song this morning. You've been stripped of praise. You, you, you're wandering around trying to just make your way through life because you've been stripped of your purpose. You found yourself without joy, without peace. You found yourself living in fear because you've been stripped of his presence in your life. And you're, you're, you find you're cutting yourself. You're having suicidal thoughts and tendencies. Why? Because the, there's been an Ahaz spirit that is crazy into your life and it's built altar after altar after altar and you found yourself worshiping those idols of this world and as a result you're naked and afraid filled with fear depression anxiety panic Hezekiah said hey listen Things are about to change. That door that's been shut, go back and open it. The, those doors of the porch, Levites, you need to clean yourself up. Priest, you need to clean yourself up. Remember, priest, Joel said that the priests weep between the porch and the altar. So we're opening the doors back. We're not shutting folks out of the presence of God anymore. How many churches do that? that it's three songs, three points, three minutes at an altar and go home. They've shut the doors on the presence of God. God, help us for it not to be all about ourselves. It's me, me, me. It's a, our little parade up here and we leave like we came. God, help us that we swing the doors wide open and we declare Jesus is the reason. Jesus is the answer. We just want to get where he is. We just want to get in his presence. He said, clean yourself up. Cleanse the filthiness from this place. I want, to, I want to tell you real quick what one of the number one signs of true conversion is. It's not asking forgiveness. That's part of it. It's not confessing Jesus to be Lord. That's part of it. It's not receiving him in faith. That's part of it. 
one of the greatest signs of true conversion is repentance. Bible says godly sorrow worketh repentance. What does that mean? That means there's something in you that says, I am sorry for my sins. I don't want to live this way any longer. I feel Holy Ghost, what we call conviction on my heart. And so I'm turning away from the things of this world and grabbing a hold of Jesus. See, some folks are trying to hold on to the world and hold on to Jesus at the same time, and you can't do it. Let go of the things of this world. That's why we've got to sanctify ourselves Get our hearts right where they must be with the Lord. Cleanse our temples of the filthiness of the flesh and spirit. As Paul said in 2 Corinthians 7, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Give me, give me, give me some singers up here because the next thing that he said, get ready to worship. I want you to look at your neighbor and ask him, can you sing? Can you sing? I'm not going to give you the microphone, don't worry. <laughs> Ask your neighbor, can you sing? If you answered no or they answered no, I've got good news for you. The Word of God says, make a what? Joyful what? Noise. Under who? Under the Lord. Now look at that neighbor that asked you that, and you tell him just like this, I'm not singing to you. I'm not singing to you. Who am I singing? I'm singing to the Lord. You may not like how my singing sounds, but I'm not singing to you. Woo, come on now. You may, you may think all I am is a racket, but good news about that is he said make a joyful noise, a joyful noise under the, are you hearing me? Make a joyful noise, mama, under the Lord. A joyful noise. Are you hearing me? Even if it's in Italian, make a joyful noise under the Lord. I love to hear her talk in Italian. I'd love to hear you sing in Italian. Do you sing by chance? I won't, I won't put you on the spot this morning. That'll be before you leave in a week. Oh, but it doesn't matter what it sounds like to others. He's calling us to worship him. I want to know today, are there any worshipers in the house? Is there anybody in this place today that's not ashamed to worship him? Not ashamed to magnify him? Not ashamed to glorify his name. Is there anybody here that has say he saved me? He reached way down in that pit of sin I was in and he pulled me out and therefore I've got to worship him and glorify him and magnify his name. See, anybody can praise him. The rocks outside can praise him. Matter of fact, if you don't praise him, guess what? Brother Daniel, run out there and grab me a handful of rocks. If you don't praise him, there's a rock out there having to jump a little bit in the spirit because it's having to praise because you're not willing to. Because Jesus said if these hold their peace, guess what? The rocks will cry out. If you're dead, say you're dead. I'm not trying to make anybody mad. I'm trying to make a point here. If you're dead, just say you're dead. And you need reviving. If there's no worship in you, you need reviving. You're dead. See, you can get so busy in ministry that you end up naked and afraid working, 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 working in ministry. You get stripped of your praise, stripped of your purpose, stripped of his presence, and you find yourself depressed. I'm telling somebody the truth in here today. If nothing else ever is said about us, may it be said about Cross Point Church of Ponce de Leon. That them folks love to worship. 
them folks aren't scared to put on a crazy praise a praise that just doesn't make any sense them folks aren't afraid to love on Jesus them, them folks are worshipers thank you see that was trying to get away Are you going to let that rock cry out in your place? Huh? Are you going to let that rock cry out in your place? Huh? Are you? What about back here? Over here? You going to let that rock cry out in your place? What about you young ladies? No? What about you young guys here? You going to let a rock cry out in your place? Are you going to let a rock cry out in your place? Huh? Are y'all going to let a rock cry out in your place over here? Are y'all? Come on, Noah, Logan, Hayden, listen to me. Are you going to let a rock cry out in your place? Y'all gonna let a rock cry out in your place? Over here? You gonna let a rock cry out in your place? No? What about y'all? No? You gonna let a rock cry out in your place? What about y'all? I must be in the midst of a bunch of worshipers then. I hadn't found anybody. What about up here? You gonna let a rock cry out in your place? gonna let a rock cry out any of y'all up here none of y'all are there any is there any takers that will just let I mean I'll just one rock right here cry out in your place what about back there daughter brother Caleb sister April pastor Donnie Daniel you mean nobody is going to let these rocks? Stephen? Nobody's going to let this, these rocks cry out in their place? You mean to tell me these rocks ain't going to have nothing to do at Cross Point? All they're going to be good for is the gravel in the parking lot. It must be there's some folks here that have answered a call to worship, that have said that God has done too much in my life for me to be quiet, too much in my life for me to sit here and say nothing. He's brought me too far for me to sit down and shut up. I've come with a worship in my soul and a praise on my lips. I am going to worship him. I don't need anybody to say, raise your hands. I don't need anybody to say, clap your hands. No, no, no. I come in here as a worshiper. If you want to be an old stuck in the mud over there on your row, you stay over there. This is, this is the shouting row. This is the road that is alive. We are not spectators. We are participators. You can be the dove killing bunch over there if you want to, but as for us, we're the dove catchers. We're the, oh, we're the ones that come up in here to worship the Lord. There's a revival going on in our lives. God has brought us a mighty long way. We've come to worship him. And he said, turn back to God turn back to him. Maybe there's some in here today that you've turned away. You didn't even realize you turned away, but you turned away in areas of your life. Turn back to him. Turn back to him. 
Do you know what would begin what begin to happen after they opened the doors up, after they sanctified themselves, and then they started worshiping? And every day they were singing the songs of David and Asaph, and they were singing them loud. They were worshiping every single day. And all of a sudden the king started making sacrifices again, giving the people the means to sacrifice. And all of a sudden the land went into such a revival. And the Bible says that there was great joy in Jerusalem. Can I tell you what God wants to do in your life and what he wants to do in your home? He wants to drive off darkness. He wants to drive off gloom and despair and agony on me. And he wants to send a joy to your soul again, a joy to your marriage, a joy to your life. He wants you to be filled with joy because the joy of the Lord is my strength. you today answer the call if you're naked and afraid he's standing before you today he's saying I know you're heavy but I'll give you a garment of praise. I know you're heavy, but I'll give you, you're standing there naked and afraid, but I'm telling you, this is the Lord saying, I'm the one that provided for your wedding garment. I'm the, that's Jesus calling you saying, I will give unto you a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Come here, Timmy. worshiper. The enemy's got you down and discouraged and coming against you. Coming against your life. Coming against, this is any of you. I'm talking about everybody. Coming against you. Trying to beat you down. Working so hard. Giving everything you got. Wondering, oh, Lord, what is going on? What is happening? Oh, what is going to happen? What's the future look like? And the devil starts pushing on your shoulders and weighing you down. Oh, before long he finds that what you used to have used to have that garment of praise on. You used to be a worshiper, but somehow in the midst of it, the devil has stripped it off of you, and you found yourself naked and afraid. You found yourself naked, no joy, no strength, and you're living in fear and depression. The Lord is calling you today. saying, come here, son. I'll give you a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Turn around, son. Let them see that you're no longer naked and you're no longer afraid. Ha! You're no longer afraid, but I'm clothing you. I'm clothing you with a garment of praise in your life. You're coming up out of the struggle you're in. You're coming up out you ain't gonna die in this thing. There's a call for your life. Just turn back this way, buddy. Keep your hands up. I want your family to come. Bring that beautiful family up here.
his presence unto a world that is lost and dying. We've been called. I can't go naked and afraid. wanting to dress me in faith. <laughs> Woo! To, no matter my circumstance, I'm putting on the garments of the Lord. No matter my battle, I'm putting on Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people. Crosspoint can now be your home church from wherever you are through the weekly live stream on Facebook and YouTube and this podcast. For more information on Crosspoint, be sure to check out crosspointpdl.org. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next week.